Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Picture Book Look Podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirsty Call. Together we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Learn how to write stellar stories at this year's Picture Book Summit. Join us online for The Right Stuff, creating picture books that are out of this world with superstar speakers Kate DiCamillo and the Fan Brothers. Plus, enjoy workshops, agent and editor panels, and more on October 8th, 2022. Visit picturebooksummit.com to register today. Do you need help getting unstuck with your writing? Kirstie Call is a therapist-trained life coach who will help you get the drama out of your life and onto the page. Visit kirstencall.com to register for a free consultation today. That's K-I-R-S-T-I-N-E-C-A-L-L.com to register today. Hey, Kim. Hey, Kirsty. <laughs> it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. It's a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Today we are talking to Donna Kangalosi and Amanda Kalatsis for their book, Mr. Rogers' Gift of Music. This powerfully moving story is a must read. We're excited to talk with Donna and Amanda about this beautiful book. Let's talk. Donna, we're going to start with you. Wow. Thank you. Wow, wow. This book is really special. Where did you get the idea to write this story? Back in 2016, I worked as a child psychologist and I seen kids being bullied throughout the years. But around then I was just seeing this cluster and a few of the kids were really breaking my heart. I had just gotten into writing picture book biographies and also including some of my psychology background. So I got this idea, I'm going to write about somebody who made a difference for kids who lifted them up. I have no idea why or how, because I didn't grow up with Mr. Rogers. He started at the tail end of my kid life, and I just he popped into my head. I did a little bit of research, got really excited, found out there were, at the time, there were very few books about him. I think there was one or two picture books. It was before Tom Hanks and all of that. There was so much serendipity because I read his childhood, and I want to write about kids who are inspired, and I find out that he not only was lonely and sick, but he was also bullied, so... My first sign that the stars are lining up, write this book. And then I start really digging, find out he mm-hmm. studied a lot of the psychologists I studied about because he was before me. And it was like, wow, mm-hmm. this is this, the work I do. And a kind of serendipity that just kept coming was like, I had to write a book about him. And then I just got a little bit obsessed with reading about him and watching his videos. And the initial 
title for the story was actually Mr. Rogers' Gift of Music because my mother had given me a gift of music. She loved music and always turned to it. And a few of my friends said, change it to the whole neighborhood theme. And it took a life of its own, went through a lot of revisions. And here we are. It's back to that original title. It is beautiful. And, and I are. did grow up with Mr. Rogers. And so I think it makes it even more powerful for me because I don't think we can even count how many hearts yeah, he has touched. It's so and incredible. How many people he has helped. Yeah. There was one article I read where so. kids called him my Mr. Rogers. They didn't call him Mr. Oh. Rogers. They called him my Mr. Rogers because yeah. he had such a personal connection. Yes. This is such right. a beautiful book. And part of that is the art. Amanda, <laughs> what was it about this? that made mm -hmm. you want to work on it. I was also a child of Mr. Rogers. Watched him religiously. Every day, he was my guy. And so, of course, when this came into my email, the offer to do this book, there was nothing in me that would have said no. <laughs> I even have a candle with his face on it that I light whenever I sit down to write for children because I oh want to anchor my stories in his worldview or filter them through what he would find useful and helpful to children. And this is long before this book even came to my Wow, yeah, that's more than serendipity. Yeah, I almost wonder if like it was witchcraft that brought this. <laughs> because... That's wonderful. So Donna, from what I understand, this book had quite a journey to publication. <laughs> there were a few different versions. Can you just give us a little bit about the writing process? Yeah, so the writing the story? process was initially I just read some articles, read a few books, and, and I, of course, watched a lot of the episodes, a couple videos here and there. And I didn't have to do a whole lot of research. The story just came to me. The first line of the book was originally like this little boy looking out his window and seeing his neighbors play. And then at the end, he creates his neighborhood. And it was originally called Fred's Beautiful Neighborhood. And it was bought by Page Street. And then down the road, the book went through a journey and they asked for a new kind of vision for it. And I came up with Mr. Rogers sweaters and all different angles to tell the same story. I was very married to the story and a few of the spreads luckily have remained the same. And Amanda did amazing work with them, creating the scenes. I dug deeper. I watched a video with Karen Herman. She did these the series of interviews with him. And at one point, Frederick described his music as his first love and one of his gifts for kids. And that was it. I just knew mm -hmm. I'm going right deep into the music. They love this idea. Here we are. I love oh, it. I have goosebumps. The oh. way, Amanda, that you illustrated the music, you're very good at that because you have another book where you do that, right? That's when I really loved the way Kalita and the Most Beautiful Song came out, but I was craving a little more like mixed media look. So I did a lot of experimenting before, before I settled on the style of the music for this one. That's why it's a lot different from the previous book. We love it. It's so stunning. It really is. Can you give sure. us a look into your process um, for this a little book, bit? I wanted to make sure, obviously, I, I had to make things accurate. I had to make sure the set looked right and the like the puppets and all that kind of stuff. So accuracy was really important. So I did a lot of like a big hunt for reference and watched a lot of my old favorite episodes, <laughs> watched some from before I was born, watched some from after I grew out of Mr. Rogers. Not that you ever really do. In high school, I didn't really make time. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure I saw him at all different ages. And I gathered what I could find of his little childhood photos, which are maybe five or six that I could find online. It's pretty hard to find him as a child. It was a lot of reference gathering. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to the childhood scenes, I had to create a character using the photos that I could find and adjust his poses for the different scenes. For the older Mr. Rogers, I could usually find him doing 
whatever I needed him to do for a particular scene, like in the right pose. And then after gathering reference and sketching him out, I did a lot of blind studies where you just look at the screen and not your notebook as you're sketching. So you can really get a feel for the gestures and the facial features and stuff. And then some semi-blind where I would a little bit look at my sketchbook and really try not to stare too much at my sketchbook as I was drawing. And I felt that was what really got me able to draw his likeness. And Hmm. I think even some of the initial sketches are still in the book. Like they made it all the way through to the final images. Like they know the opening spread, everything but his face was just a blind gesture drawing. So I find those super helpful. And then I spent a lot of time figuring out the music. And then it was just a matter of sketching the scenes. We had one round for the initial sketches. And then when I passed in the finals, there was one small round of edits after that. That's how your art is so beautiful. You capture wow. the emotion. You. Yes. Your use of color, those moments mm-hmm. when he's feeling sad and it's the grays. And then that one page spread where he's a little boy at the piano and it's gray. And then the music flows across the page to the other side when he's grown and it's colorful. Talk about mm-hmm. art telling a story. It's remarkable. We it's love really, it. really beautiful. We love it. Donna, the words are so beautiful. You have a specific writing schedule. Season. In the winter, I tend to write much more often. And then if I'm in a project, I get so immersed and I write eight days a week. So it really depends. But in between projects, I could take a few weeks off and just let things brew that are floating in my mind. I love that. With Fred, I was very immersed. That too. I was constantly watching videos of him. and I needed that to get to his emotions because it was so hard to write in words who he was and what he did. His message was so powerful. It was beyond words. Agreed. Agreed. You captured it. It sounds like you weren't stuck on this story, but when you're stuck on other stories... What do you do? Most likely I call one of my critique partners who are saints. (laughs) It's incredible. They're always there for me. And I also have a brainstorm (laughs) partner and we range like maybe once a month we try to talk and we just brainstorm ideas back and forth. I love walking in nature. I love being around children and getting that inspiration. Sometimes I'll just go to the library and watch kids in the library. (laughs) Good idea. I should try that. I love that brainstorm partner that you do that once a month. It's that very powerful. Wonderful. That's like a really good idea. It's excellent. I highly recommend right. start doing that. Right. Kirstie, let's okay. make a schedule <laughs> for that. Already on the calendar. <laughs> Amanda, yeah. do you um, draw or paint or sketch every day? I would say what's the schedule like? I would do, I do something every day related to my freelance career. I've had two kids over the last four years. One of them's always home with me. Until like next week, they both start daycare. And I get a good four hour stretch every day. But, but now I have about two to four hours yes. to work every day, pretty much when the little one's sleeping. And that's how it's been for like four years. So it's tough. I don't necessarily get to draw every day, but I'm doing something related to my career every day, whether it's updating social media or writing mm-hmm. or sketching or actually working on a paid project. What would you say is the hardest part for you when you're illustrating a project? Honestly, the hardest part for this particular project for me was just finding the time to make sure the illustrations were looking as good as I could make them. (laughs) It used to be part was really like finding my voice. I was so obsessed with making sure I was making stuff that was different from other people and unique. But now I just don't have time to worry about that. I just make the thing. (laughs) I know I like collage. I know I like the mixed media look. I know I really like turn of the century illustration. 
and I make stuff traditionally, bring it into Procreate, and bam, that's like the recipe, and I just don't have time to think about anything else. So That was the biggest lesson for me, yeah. to just find a unique angle, like something, and for Fred, like for him, he talked many times about music was essential. Like he felt very much like that was the essence of who he was and how he expressed himself. So for me to find that heart, it just, the story then just took a life in a very different direction. It wasn't about his program as much as it was about him. And it became much more personal. So that's when mm-hmm. I think of like my writing journey. That's the thing I learned is to find something unique and a different angle in telling the story. It's beautiful. I, and I think the fact that you focused on his music also hits upon another layer for kids because it's not just about Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. It's also about the power of music and picture books with heart and layers. Those are winners. I have one more question for both of you, and we're going to start with you, Amanda. When someone reads Mr. Rogers' Gift of Music, what do you hope they feel or learn? I hope they're inspired to take their feelings and turn them into art. Whatever that form of art is for kids, I hope that they read this and can connect with that. Oh, maybe I will use my feelings to make music or draw my anger. Or I love that. I think it will. I think it, I'm sure of it. Yeah. Definitely. How about you, Donna? I hope that they'll feel this warmth that comes through in Mr. Rogers and the way Amanda illustrated him. Because I think a lot of kids, they measure their worth by their accomplishments. Mm. And I like the idea of you're worthwhile for who you are. And also that your feelings matter. And it doesn't matter what feelings. Because I think even adults are so uncomfortable with negative feelings. Like, what do you do if you're so angry? And finding a creative way to express that to me is the epitome of existence in a way. That's what we all do. And then also the whole idea of kindness and mutual understanding and that everybody is important. And I love the way that Amanda portrayed so many different kinds of kids in the book. And that was my image. It's just like every kind of child you could think of, every culture, every kind of child that is lonely or needs this kind of story. So it's a lot, but that's my own. <laughs> big thank you to Donna and Amanda for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for Mr. Rogers' gift of music. Check out the show notes to learn more about Donna and Amanda. If you love the show, please consider supporting us through Patreon so we can continue to bring these interviews and more. Link is in the show notes. And don't forget, subscribing to the podcast ensures you won't miss an episode. And we would love it if you would leave a review. Thanks for listening and happy looking! Picture Book Look is produced by Kirsty Call and Kim Chafee. Music by James Call. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.